Hello, and thank you for joining us at the Courageous Warrior Ministry Podcast. Uh, today, we're going to be continuing our series on lust, and uh, we're actually going to be diving deep into pornography today. Uh, so if you're joining us today, just be prepared. I It may take a little bit to actually get into it, because we are going to go over a little bit of stats and a few other things. Uh, but just go ahead, stick with it. Uh, as we dive into this uh, today with me, it's uh, William Goodrich, our president, and I'm Josh Schwarz, the vice president. Now go ahead and say hi, Will. Hi, guys. How are you today? So uh, there you go. It's just us two today. And like I said, we're diving into pornography, so we're not going to waste any time. We're going to go ahead and dive right into it. Yeah. So uh, pornography is uh, not one of it is probably one of the I want to say one of I said one of twice. Uh, it's it's a chief issue in the, in the church and the congregation among Christian men, among Christian marriages, also among the secular world. Um, it's probably pornography. This conversation we're about to have is probably the most difficult conversation I've ever had, uh, with anyone as far as how we view it, what we do about it, because it's an uncomfortable topic, right? It's, it's not something that we want to talk about. It's not, something that is open but it's something that it seems like the majority of people struggle yeah it's it's out there and let me tell you if if we're not talking about it in the church you know the world sure is talking about it so you know anybody who you have an influence in your life you know whether it's kids or you know brothers sisters you know if we're not talking about it from a godly perspective they're getting all the information out there about pornography and how awesome it is to watch from a worldly perspective so it's definitely something we need to tackle. Well, and think about it like this too. Um, but not even the pornography side of things. How often have you heard in entertainment that sex sells, right? Sex sells. That's the reason why there are restaurant chains that are built upon the entire idea of lust, Hooters, Twin Peaks, those type of restaurants. I'm sure there's a lot more little smaller chains out there. But you have entire restaurants within the restaurant industry that are built on selling product because of lust. Sex, right? So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's the whole idea it is to essentially point out a particular body part and you know draw people in, you know, and lie and say, "Hey, we got good chicken wings." Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, if we're being honest, no one goes there for the food, right? Uh, I've never met a, a guy in my life that goes there that frequents the establishment and goes there for the chicken. So. No, no. And, you know, I guess it might just be from where we both grew up, up in, in New York State. Just, yeah, you don't go there for wings. Yeah, shout out Duff's or Anchor Bar, depending on which one you love. Original chicken wings. Doesn't get any better than that. So, talking about pornography. Big, big monster that is pornography. Um, before we kind of dive into what pornography looks like inside the church, what it looks like for Christian men, uh, Christian marriage and stuff like that. I want to kind of throw out some numbers to give you guys an idea of how big, how incredibly huge pornography is. So, these statistics to me are mind-blowing. Um, the first statistic we're going to cover here is how accessible pornography is. So, every second, this is every second of every day, there's 60 seconds in a minute, 60 minutes in an hour, 24 hours in a day. It's a lot of seconds. Yeah, and I'm not doing the math on that either. It, I'm not either. But every single second of every single day, 
There are 28,258 users online watching pornography. That's mind-blowing. 28,258 people. That is a lot of people. That is every single second of every single day of every single year doing pornography. Additionally, there is $3,075.64 spent on pornography per second. Per second. I mean, what do you say to that? Yeah. I, I, how much better could that money be spent? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I mean Lord. Think, think just for a minute, okay? Not even $3,075 per second. If $3,075 per minute was spent on furthering the kingdom of God, how much further ahead would the, would the kingdom of God be? Right? No, oh, I mean, you know, it's not to say that God can't do anything without the money, but good Lord, you need the community outreach requires, you know, financial assistance. But if that was being put out into our communities to help the needy, to, you know, the widows, the orphans, you know, like the Bible commands, the, the change we would see in our world would be outstanding and phenomenal, you know, unbelievable. Now, daily, these are daily statistics. Daily, 37 new pornographic videos. Which doesn't seem like a lot, but you think about 365 days in a year. That's an incredible amount of new content created. That's way more than you get with any new sitcom or anything like that. Also, daily, there are 2.5 billion emails. That's billion with a B. Billion emails sent or received that contain pornographic imagery or information. 2.5 billion. So in three days' time, there's enough pornography distributed via email to cover every single person that lives in the world. That's incredible. Additionally, every day, daily, 68 million search inquiries are related to pornography. 68 million. That is is 25% of all searches done online. You know, and that's approximately one for every four person living in the United States. Yeah, I mean, that, that's just, it's, it's insanity, right? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Now, additionally, th- this one will probably make you a little bit sick. If it doesn't, we need to, we need to talk. 116,000 of these searches per day are related to child porn. 116,000 per day. Guys, this industry is gargantuan. It and, is and huge. if that right there, if that search right there, that search history about the what is it, the hundred and sixteen thousand, is that what you said? If that number doesn't point out a problem that you should be aware of to that makes you not want to partake in pornography itself, those are just searches. Now let's say, you know, I don't have stats for it, but imagine the number of underage people that are actually in these films that you're watching, you know. The pornography industry is not going to obviously provide those statistics because they don't want us to know. But I imagine the, the the number of actors and actresses that are underage are, is an insane amount. Number two. Yeah, I would I would tend to agree. I I think that it's probably just as easy as it is to get a fake ID and buy a pack of cigarettes. It's just as easy, if not easier, to get a fake ID and star in a adult film, right? Because uh, let's be honest, this is a dark and and destructive industry they really don't care about your age as long as you can prove that you're 18 i'm sure that they'd love to have you to film a new scene or a new movie or whatever the case yeah i mean i'm sure they're not you know really too big on following the real id laws for employment purposes yeah so uh 
here's some here's some stats for for America. This, these are specific to Americans, and I hope that when you hear these stats, uh, if you don't have an understanding of how big and massive this this thing is that we call pornography, I hope this is kind of eye open. In the United States, there is two hundred thousand Americans who are classified as porn addicts. I think that is absolutely way under what the actual number really is. Yeah, I'd say that's a severe lowball there. And and you can easily say that because the next statistic says that 40 million Americans visit pornography websites regularly. So if 40 if 40 million people visit pornography sites regularly, there's probably way more pornography addicts than 200,000. Well, you know, it's like the old joke for like, you know, drinking goes Hey, I'm not a I'm not an addict. Addicts go to meetings, you know. If I don't admit that there's a problem, then obviously it's not. Now, 35% in this country, 35% of all downloads from the internet are pornography. 35% of every single download. That means 3.5 of every 10 downloads that is done from any website anywhere in the country is related to pornography. 34% of internet users have experienced unwanted exposure to pornography through ads, pop-ups, links, searches, things of that. Unintentional searches, we should add that in there. Yes, yes, that is that is that is unwanted exposure to pornography. Searching and, for an item and then all of a sudden porn pops up because there is one little word that matched. So, given these numbers, the, the by the second and the daily numbers and the American statistics. I think that you kind of begin to understand how big this industry is. And it is an, it is an entire industry that is built on sin. There's, there's nothing that is promoted within pornography that is not sin. No, I mean, you, you can't get around it. It is, it is sin. You know, whether I'm looking for... 10 seconds or whether I'm watching for 10 minutes, it's, it's a sin. Viewing it is a sin, you know? Um, well, and it's not just the viewing part either. It's the people who partake in it, the, the people who film it, the people who produce it. It is an entire industry that is built on sin. Now, while I'm saying this guys, I want you to understand something. This is that critical point right now where we have to have a little quick conversation, a little sidebar. What we're talking about here, guys, we are not here to condemn. We're not here to judge. What we are here to do is we are here to bring light into darkness. We're we're here to to hopefully provide a light into a dark world where maybe you didn't realize that it was even dark. We want you guys to understand. Look, pornography is something I've struggled with. It's something that I've struggled a lot with. It about wrecked my marriage. Yeah, and you know you're not the only one even involved with Courageous Word Ministries that had that issue. That's, it was a similar situation for me, you know, especially with me being in the military deployed, you know, it was easy to get sucked into it, you know, and luckily by the grace of God, you know, it didn't cause me to get divorced, but I mean, it was, it was right there teetering on the edge. So we're not coming from a place of condemnation. We're not coming from a place of, of misunderstanding. We, we, we get how this process works. We get, the why people do this stuff, but the why is not good enough. And that's the realization we've come to. That's the realization that we hope that you come to as we go through. This. 
Now, now, real quick, Will, uh, I I might be moving a little bit away from where we're what we're talking about, you know. But we were mentioning how pornography, you know, and how it's a sin. I wanted first off, I want to define by Oxford Dictionary what pornography is. Oxford says pornography is a printed or visual material containing the explicit description or display of sexual organs or activity intended to stimulate erotic rather than aesthetic or emotional feelings. You know, so obviously, if it's going to stimulate, you know, it comes with lust. So now we're going to go ahead and slip that back to the, what the Bible has to say about that. And cool, I'm going to go ahead and read uh, Colossians 3, 5 real quick. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. So, I mean, it's, it's right there, black and white. It is a sin. Now, why does this stuff matter to us, right? We are, for people going through life, we're acknowledged as sinners, right? Um, we're Christians, and we try to do everything that we can to, to be the best people we can. Maybe we got a little bit of darkness in the body. What does it hurt, right? What does it hurt? Well, guys, here's the problem. When you allow... When you allow darkness to exist in your lives, that darkness has the tendency to not just be a shadow, but ultimately become destructive. So one of the things that we found as we were studying, uh, getting ready for this, is that many Christian men, in fact, the number is 68%, 68% of church-going men view pornography on a regular basis now what drives me nuts about this number is we are outpacing guys who don't go to church like it's 65 percent of non-church goers view porn on a regular basis but of church goers it's 68 percent now you know the good thing about that is though hey if you're struggling with porn and you're a church goer you're in the right place yeah, and so the reason why I bring up that number 68% and you brought up the number 65%, I'm glad you did. Um, if we put the numbers, if we put the numbers in a hat and we mixed them up and we picked them out of the hat, without you knowing what that statistic was, if we just said, hey, um, we give you a number, we give you that 68 or that 65, and we say, this percentage of men partake in pornography, is it, is it Christian men or is it, is it secular men? Most people are going to just jump right to, oh, it's got to be secular, right? It's got to be secular. Well, the statistics, when you compare apples to apples, it shows no difference. It shows no remorse. It shows no understanding of things like Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, and it's, I think what disturbs me the most about those numbers is the fact that as Christian men, we know that it's wrong, you know? Uh, it, it's in the Bible. We hear about it occasionally at church. You know, it's in our convictions. Uh, whereas the the world, the non churchgoers, they're not following the Bible, and the numbers are the same. Yeah, and one of the things that we talk about a lot here at Courageous Word Ministries is um, guarding your guarding your perimeter. Right? We talk about the idea that if that Satan is an enemy that wants to, to seek, kill, and destroy. Seek, kill, and destroy. And if you're not constantly walking the perimeter around your life, 
to make sure there's no entry points for Satan. Well, you're going to have trouble because you're allowing that darkness into your life. Well, most people don't view pornography as being something that is an entry point for Satan because it's sex. God created sex. Sex is good, right? Well, in the confines of marriage, it is within the confines of marriage. Um, I read a I read a quote, and I I, I can't believe I didn't write down who said this, but uh, they said that pornography is teaching kids and is teaching families and it is teaching men and women everything they need to know about sex, except the design by which God created. So it's teaching them everything they need to know about sex. It's teaching them everything that they could imagine about sex, except what right looks like for a sexual relationship, which is sex between a man and a woman enjoyed within the confines of marriage. Sex between one man and one woman. Yes. Between one man and one woman enjoyed within the confines of marriage. You know, I I just, I I had to harp on that right there because it's amazing how much even in the church, the whole like one man, one woman thing kind of is starting to get distorted between, oh, well, as long as my wife's there, it's okay. So I, I just had to had to do that. Yeah, and I, I'm going to be I'm gonna be brutally honest. Um, I enjoy sex. Sex is an enjoyable act as long as it is enjoyed within the marriage. God blesses marital sex. God blesses the, the marital relationship you have with your wife, which is the reason why we have to closely guard what it is that right actually looks like within a marriage, within a family, within uh, sexual relations. And too much, because of the expansion of pornography, how big it has become, uh, we see sex bleeding off into everyday sitcoms. We see, because people want the profits, right? Yeah, well, you know, uh, you. I think you've got the numbers over there that shows exactly uh, what the the porn industry rakes in. But uh, I can tell you off the top of my head, they make more money than all the major sports leagues in the United States combined. They make more money than all the major television networks in the United States combined. So, you know, of course, if I'm running a, in charge of running a sitcom over on CBS, well, if the porn industry is making all this money and they're outdoing me and every one of my competitors combined, I'm going to try to incorporate what I can without getting into into trouble by the FCC. I mean, so and understanding these things is so important, guys, because we have to understand that this industry has grown to the point where it's so big that it is affecting culture. It's affecting what the marriages are supposed to look like, what family is supposed to look like. Um, you can go and you can Google uh, pornography versus marriage or or things like that to see statistics on how destructive pornography but you're also going to find if you do that research you're going to find a lot of studies that show that pornography is good for your marriage but the problem is that they're that these studies are being generated from pornographic producers yeah oh it's like one uh, article and study i came across when i was preparing for this and uh guess who guess who funded this study just take a guess uh playboy exactly it, it was funded by playboy so, of course, if I got a vested in- interest in pornography and making sure that people look at my product, of course, I'm going to say that it's good for you. So, I want to I kind of rein back in toward, toward uh, where I want to go with this. So, 
Yeah, we have a tendency to go off the rails yeah, a little that's, bit. Yeah. That's what we do, especially on something like this. It's so big and it's so easy to go on a rant and just rail against it, right? Because of how destructive it is. Um, so revisiting a statistic real quick. 68% of church-going men struggle with pornography. Over 50% of pastors, over 50% of the people who are in charge of leading the flocks view pornography regularly. You know, and I think right there, those two numbers right there are probably your biggest reason why we as a church don't talk about it. Because I've got the problem with it, so I don't want to bring it up. You know, our pastors, if they've got the problem with it, they don't want to preach against it from the pulpit because guess what? Then all of a sudden they're getting convicted themselves. So that's the the big problem right there. And additionally, here's another another one that is mind-blowing. Young Christian adults, aged 18 to 24. So these are these are new, fresh adults with a fresh lease on life to adult, right? 76% actively seek pornography. That's three of every four. Three of every four of the kids that graduate from high school that have been in the church their entire lives, they get to college, they move on to their next phase of life, and they actively seek pornography because there is a mystery about it, right? Because we don't do a good job explaining the danger. We don't do a good job explaining the issues and the darkness. We just say, pornography, bad, don't look. Yeah, I mean, we don't, we don't go into why it's bad. You know, we, we, we sweep it under the rug. And not only that, though, it, 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 another issue with that is the church as a whole is just bad with that age group anyways. You know, because we, we don't really supply a lot for them. But it, the, the problems, though, with porn, it goes back to even before they are 18 to 24, 70% of youth pastors say that they have they have kids coming up to them, talking to them about an addiction or problems, looking at pornography. So, you know, it, it's not a problem that suddenly is rearing its head after a kid graduates high school and is out in the world on their own. It's a problem that started when they were a teenager that never got addressed. Now, let's talk about pornography and marriage, okay? Because as we started to kind of allude to, um, depending on, on what studies you look at and what research you do, uh, there are studies that are going to tell you that pornography is good in marriage. Well, I'm here to tell you it's not. I'm here to tell you that it is as destructive in the bedroom as a married couple as it is for a single person, as it is for a husband that's trying to sneak it away from his wife or whatever the case would be. Now, what we see... Statistically speaking, within Christian households, and a lot of this, a lot of these numbers are specific Christian households, but it shows the, the general consensus, right? Because we've learned that statistically speaking, the, the Christian side of things and the secular side of things, there's really no difference when it comes to this. 47% of families report that pornography is a problem within their house. That's almost one of every two. Okay? So this is not a small little issue. That's one of every two marriages. It's one of every two households. Pornography increases the rate of marital infidelity by 300%. So, yeah, you don't think it's going to be a problem? Let me tell you. Statistics, they say otherwise. Yeah, you're not cheating on your wife right now, but if, you, if you're sitting there and you're heavily involved with pornography, even if you're not heavily involved with, with, with pornography, even if it's just something you glance at occasionally, chances are you're going to be cheating on your wife. So if you don't want to get to that point in your life, you might want to cut out the pornography. And here is, here is if, if you haven't heard any other statistic 
up to this point. You are a married man. Whether you're Christian or not, if you're a married man and, and you watch pornography, that's something you do. 56% of divorces involve an obsessive interest. With that's over one of every two. You know, and I, I th- we have that right there that's, you know, been researched and shown. You know, it, when you got a problem like that, that's what really makes all the other problems bigger. You know, the finances, you know, uh, you know whatever the other big causes of divorce. But, you know, like finances, I know, is a huge one. But when you got an underlying product problem, like, oh, like, you know, if you're a woman and your husband's sitting there watching porn all the time and you know about it. That's going to make that financial problem see so, seem so much bigger. Yeah, and it's funny that you bring up financial because it says that uh, statistics also say that 58% of frequent pornography users, so this is probably talking about a couple times a week, maybe even daily, uh, 58% suffer considerable financial losses, up to 30%. Now, you can't tell me that these numbers don't show a cloud of darkness that falls in. There's nothing positive that comes from this. There's no, I, I, I clamored and studied statistics, studied it, studied research. I did not find any statistics that say that one of every two marriages is saved because of pornography, because their sex life was stale and they decided that they wanted to try something new. No, you know, it's always been, you know, they decided to bring porn in the bedroom and they ended up in divorce. You know, and the one thing on this, like, you know, when I was doing the research on this very subject right here, like, you know, pornography within the marriage, you know, what I found interesting was all the things, like, there's articles that I read, you know, studies, and all of them essentially quoted these studies that showed the statistics that you're sharing, and then said, well, I'm paraphrasing here, but said, we don't like those studies, so we're just going to discard them. We're not going to pay attention to them. Yeah, and there are studies that were done by uh, independent research companies who, you know, actually are looking to study the actual effects not people like uh, Playboy or Maxim or some of these other genesis of studies that are looking to make money so that that's a huge difference in the in the genesis stuff so in the marriage guys pornography is damaging it sets it, it sets uh, it sets unrealistic expectations for what sex is supposed to be like in marriage that's the that's the that's the first and one of the biggest issues, right? Right off the bat is it, is it sets up unrealistic, unrealistic expectations of what sex actually looks like because that's not what right looks like and that's not what sex is actually going to look like. With no, absolutely not. I mean, come on now. I mean, if you just look at how almost every single like thing starts within the, the porn industry, come on, guys. You know, we're, we're putting unrealistic expectations upon our wives which it's then affecting their self-esteem, which is then going to make them not want to have sex with you, which is going to further destroy your sex life and your marriage. The other thing that it does that is probably consequence number two is um, it takes your eyes away from your wife, right? If, if you Absolutely. Are, if you are the man in this relationship, in, the, in, this, in this marriage, and you are viewing pornography, it takes your eyes away from your wife. And Jesus says, in the Bible, that if you look at a woman with lust in your heart, 
that it's the same as, as committing adultery, right? Yeah, and uh, I believe that's Matthew 5.28, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, Matthew 5.28, but I say anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So you stand up on, on a stage with a pastor in front of God and you take marital vows and you say in sickness and in health, commit your whole life to this woman. Um, but then you're going to view pornography with lust in your heart and you are going to lust after this woman and you're going to commit infidelity against this woman. Right then, in that moment, there is no denying it. The Bible says it. It's very clear, right? So understanding that this affects you psychologically, this affects you emotionally, this affects you physically, within the confines of America. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, with, with guys, let's face it, you know, sex for us is so much more fi- about the physical aspect of it. Um, a woman, it's a lot more emotional. I mean, that's why I said earlier, you know, your wife, she's going to see you viewing this or find out that you're viewing this. And it's going to be, well, what's wrong with me? And man, I mean, not only are you sinning and against your own body by doing with this, by watching porn, but the, the stumbling that you're about to cause for somebody else in your house, for the a person that you supposedly love. Like, yeah. And before, before you, as a man, because I'm a man, and, and I hear something like this, I automatically kind of go into defense if, if this is something I'm taking. So, the first thing that you know kind of pops in my mind is, well, women watch pornography. Do this isn't just a man issue. Well, that that's that's yeah, true. That, that is true. I that think it's thirty percent of women have said that they viewed pornography uh, once a month or more. Right. Eighty-seven uh, percent of Christian women have viewed pornography. Thirteen percent of Christian women have not viewed pornography ever. And of the 87% of Christian women who view pornography or have viewed pornography at some point in their lives, the statistic on actual Christian women who view it regularly is somewhere around 15 to 12%. Yeah, so I mean, it's a lot lower than men. So, <laughs> so before we get all high and mighty and say, oh, women do it too, yeah, we're about tripling their numbers. So, you know, let's get off a high horse. So, uh, now, if, if you're not married, okay, if you're not married and you're, you're a single man or you're a single woman, uh, we're still talking to you. I, I, don't, I don't want this to be that it's, it's wrong only if you're married, right? No, no. I mean, even if you're single, I mean, black and white in the Bible, you know, refrain from lust, you know. Yeah, it, that, that passage of scripture you read doesn't say if you're married and you look at a woman with lust in your heart, then you're committing it. Yeah. I mean, even the scripture that I, re- I read earlier, First John uh, Q15, I think it was, no, it was uh, Colossians 3.5 that I read earlier. It didn't, it didn't distinct, distinctly say if you're married. It didn't say if you're single. And then here's also what you got to watch out for, though, if you're single. The habits you develop as a single man Lead are going to be the habits marriage. that you bring into your marriage. Um, and that's what, so that's where we're going here. So as a single man, as a single woman, um, obviously the design for you as a person is to find that special something, right? I mean, God didn't create us to be alone all the time. Uh, there are certain circumstances where God does set you in a, in a situation or circumstance that maybe you don't find That does happen. There's reasons why God does that. If not God, we can't explain that. 
Um, but most people are going to find that special someone. And as a single man or a single woman, if you are looking at pornography, number one, you're doing damage to your future, to your future spouse. You are setting up those unrealistic expectations that married men have within the sexual relationship when they view pornography. You're still setting up those unrealistic expectations for your future wife or for your future girlfriend or whatever the case is. Viewing pornography as a single man or a single woman would lead to a much higher rate of premarital sex, right? Because you have that desire and you've been fulfilling that desire with pornography. So now when you get in that relationship, there's added pressure to do the things that you've been watching on a daily basis or weekly basis, monthly basis, whatever the case is. Yeah. And again, I just got to go back to the Bible. Sex outside of marriage is a sin. You know, so pornography, it leads you to pressure your girlfriend into, you know, having sex um, or doing things that you saw on the videos that she may not be comfortable doing. And because you've seen these videos of it constantly going on, there's this one thing that you've just got to do, you got to do, you got to do. And... So I've got a couple of friends that I want to talk about. Um, I'm not going to give names uh, because I'm not going to do it to them, but I have talked to them to get their approval to to share this. So I've got a friend who is uh, in his mid twenties. He's a single Christian man. He volunteers at his church. does a lot of work there. He is a, an an unbelievable man of God. Um, Somebody I know that I can go to for prayer that I know that I can go to for even guidance or understanding. Uh, I go with, I can go to him to study the Bible with. He's a very wise man. Talking to him about this stuff, though, he said, man, he said, I've got, I've got some, some black guys in my life. And this is one of them. Because I do so much good stuff. This is one of those areas I, I can't get past. can't beat it. I might go two months or three months without viewing pornography. And then all of a sudden, I'm right back in, picking it up daily or weekly. Or whatever the case. So, I want you to understand that this this issue affects everyone across the broad scope: married, single, young, old, uh, rich, poor, Democrat, Republican. There, there's nobody that this issue doesn't touch. Yeah, and it, you know, uh, here's a common misconception about pornography. Um, I've heard it said from from people who are affluent that pornography is a poverty issue. It's not a poverty issue, guys. It's not. It has nothing to do with the amount of money you make. In fact, <laughs> there are there are studies that are done on uh, zip codes based on subscriptions to pornography websites, and they find that there is more urban than rural subscriptions to pornography. There are more subscriptions in areas with increased income and higher education, that there's more subscriptions in areas that people live where they have a lot of social credit, where they're good people, you know, they're blood donors, they're community organizers, they're volunteers. Uh, I think that we get this notion in our head that it is okay to have a piece of darkness in our life, as long as we're offsetting it enough with good things. As long as we're offsetting it enough. As long as, as long as the good tips the scales in my favor. 
Right. And and that's not what we're called to as Christians. That's not we're we're called to we're called to sanctification, right? Which is which is the complete cleanse. We're not called to holding on to this piece of the flesh because it feels good. We're called to an entire sanctification. So as we look at these, and I hope you understand how big this industry is now, how wide scope it is. As we look at these things, we got to develop a plan. We got to develop a way to beat them because obviously everything that we've done up to this point is not working, right? I mean, can't, can't don't you agree with that? Well, it's absolutely not working. If it, if it was working, it wouldn't be something I have where I have to take up my cross daily on this issue. Because, you know, it, it's something that I struggled with in the past, but it's something that if I'm not on guard against daily, that I, I will very easily fall back into. So, you know, I've got to daily take up my cross against it. And if it was something that was just easy to beat, I wouldn't really have to worry about doing that. So the, the easiest way to, to beat pornography is just get rid of it, right? Just get rid of oh, it. Oh, give it to God. Well, just like all your other problems, give it to God. Yeah, just give it to God. Or... um. Let's just get rid of the pornography, right? Let's just, let's just outlaw it. Let's be done with it. Let's get rid of it. Well, here's the problem. Basic economics. Supply versus demand. There is such a great, huge supply of pornography. And if you don't believe there's a big supply, here's a number that'll blow your mind. Um, there are 42 million pornography websites. 42 million websites which totals 370 million individualized addressed web pages. 370 million. That's 1.2 web pages per American. And most of them are based in the United States. That's like, uh, I, in the United States, I, I think it was the stat that I read yesterday uh, that we produce like 70% of the pornography. And that wouldn't surprise me because um, as a country, our moral compass is, is, is not good. Even at best, it's not good. Uh, but there's a reason why we have entire industries like the strip club industry, or we have entire industries like prostitution or we have entire industries that... It's why uh, human trafficking is such an issue. That's why human trafficking is such an issue. It's because there is such a huge demand that there is the need to create such a big supply. So ultimately, how do we get rid of the pornography? Well, if we ever wanted to get rid of it, we can't just outlaw it because child pornography is illegal already. And we've just seen that, that daily there's 116,000 searches for child pornography. That's illegal. That is you go to jail and you get felonies. That's jail time and probably not walking out of there. So obviously just making it illegal is not, not good enough, right? So we've got to curb the demand to get rid of the supply. Have to curb the demand to get rid of the supply. That's the only way that pornography ever goes away. Even in your own life, that's the only way you ever beat pornography is by getting rid of the demand. By not having the demand, you won't search for the supply. So 57% of pastors say pornography addiction is the most damaging issue. Within their 
57%. Taking it a step farther, 69% of pastors say pornography has adversely impacted their church. That's seven of every 10 churches. So you've got six of every 10 churches that pastors say that pornography is the biggest issue. You got seven of every 10 churches who say that pornography has has hurt their congregation. But you've only got seven of every hundred churches that have a program to deal with pornography. Well, you know, it, it goes back to the earlier statistics, though. You know, where sixty-eight percent of men in the church have uh, have viewed pornography regularly. Fifty percent of pastors do. You know, we're, we're talking about bringing things out into the light. That's something that we don't want out in the light because you know. That's something that, that that dirty person over there does. It's, you know, me, I go to church, you know, I dress up all nice. Pornography is not something I look at, you know, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to bring that out. I'm not going to admit it. I'm not going to part- get into a uh, group like uh, an addiction group. So how do we beat, how do we beat that, that need for the supply and get rid of that demand? Well, I got two scriptures I want to share with you. And then we're going to kind of dive into to, to developing game plans. Because like you and I talked yesterday. If you're ever fighting a, a battle, right, and your your frontal assault keeps getting knocked back, but you have no other plan than just continuing your frontal assault, you're just going to keep getting knocked back and lose that battle, right? So we've got to develop a real-life game plan and strategy to beat this thing, to, to curb that demand in our own lives. And when we're able to do it in our own lives and we're able to do it to help our children do it, we can create a generation of people who do not have this demand that we can dwindle the supply and eventually dry the thing out. So uh, John one, five, it says the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome any area in your life where a darkness persists. The only way you are able to ever clear that darkness out is by introducing it to light within light. Darkness can't exist. That's the reason why we have lights in room, right? If your room is dark, turn the light on, and then there's no more darkness. But more importantly, Matthew 5, 14, 16. It says, you are the light of the world. It doesn't say that Josh is the light of the world. It doesn't say that Will is the light of the world. It doesn't say that our pastor is the light of the world. It says that you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Now, you know, we're sitting here and you're reading the verses. We're talking about how I can stay pure, how I can avoid this problem. Now, we're attacking this right now on a personal front. So I'm going to read another scripture real quick. And it's one that we read last week in the uh, podcast on uh, sexuality. Psalms 119, 9 through 11. How can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. I have tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. And listen, guys, verse 11. Listen to this. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So... A town built on a hill cannot be. Neither do people light a lamp. What Jesus is saying is that once you are a Christian, okay, 
there is a level of understanding that you have that most people don't, right? We know that we are saved by a, a glorious and great Savior. And through his saving love, that we have the love of the Father in heaven. And that we have this, this light about us where we can knock back any darkness. That because we have Christ, Satan has no foot. Well, when we allow that, then it is us who, who suffer. And it is our family who suffer. The people around us who suffer. But if we instead, if we stop keeping our light in the congregation, the building that we're in, and we take our light out of the world, and we allow that light to shine in the dark, not just in our own lives, but in the lives of our family, the lives of our friends, we can knock back these strongholds that Satan has. Pornography is probably the biggest and most, like, in front, in your face stronghold that Satan has within our culture. Well, it, it's the easiest way to get in because we are sexual beings. So it is an easy, easy way to get the, fo- the, the foot in the door. And, you know, as we're talking about, you know, getting the, bringing the light into the darkness, you know, that's why we need to be talking about this stuff, you know, not hiding it. You know, me, I've got, a, I've got an issue with pornography. So do I do. I have my great friend right here, my brother, Will. You know, if I'm struggling with it, if the temptation's there, I, I, I bring it out. I talk about it. I get on the phone. Will, I'm facing this temptation. I'm facing this struggle today. I'm about to fail. I get it out of the darkness. I get it out of being hidden and get it out in the open. That's the start, you know, with, with our personal life right there, is we get it out in our personal life into the open. So I want to go through... I guess it's a five-step plan, but it's not really, it's not really a five-step plan because it's something that you got to constantly revisit, jump up and down. But there are really five pieces that it takes to to rid this darkness in your life, and this and you can apply this to anything, any stronghold that Satan, right? But before I even get into that, I want you to understand that change is difficult. People don't want to change. There, you know, you've heard it said that, that people don't change. And there is a semblance of truth to that. People don't change unless the pain of staying the same outweighs that pain of change. Unless people really feel like they have to change because if they don't change, then their life is falling apart. That is usually when real lasting change occurs. So before we get to that point to where your marriage is falling apart, where we lose our witness to where we struggle within the church, where we feel ourselves just fall away from God. Before we allow any of that to happen, let's, let's stomp out that darkness. Let's not even allow that to become a thing. So I'm going to read down through this real quick. This kind of, these five different little pieces, and then we're going to go through them and break them down individually. So the first step in bringing a lasting change is self-realization, understanding that I've got a problem and that I'm able to name that problem. So in this case, Pornography is an issue. It's an issue in my life, right? It's not an issue in somebody else's life only. It's an issue in my life. It's something that I view, that I partake in, and it's something that I've got to beat, that I, I know that is not an area of light in my life, and I've got to bring it to the light. Then there is repentance, which is the actual act of bringing light into the darkness. It is the actual act of going to God and saying, Father, I keep sinning. I keep making the same mistakes. I don't want to do this. 
I want that light to come into my life and light up that dark. Now, after we've had that self-realization and then we've had that repentance, now comes the hard part. And the reason why I say this is kind of fluid because all three of these things run parallel, but they're constantly just up and down, up and down, up and down. Uh, discipline. You have to have discipline. If you want to make a lasting change, you have to make it important. You have to make shining that light into darkness a priority. So having that discipline to constantly bring light into that darkness and that stronghold in your area of your life is super important. Now, the next is accountability. Discipline will fail long-term wise if you have no accountability. So like the example you were given earlier, um, if I'm struggling with something or if you're struggling with something, the first thing I do is I talk to you or you talk to me about it. Having that level of accountability helps me stay on the right track, helps you stay on the right track, right? Yeah, and you know, that whole relationship though, it's not only accountability with me when I've got a problem or when you have a problem coming in and saying, hey, I'm struggling with this. It's me as a brother in Christ coming to you and saying, hey, how's this fight coming? You know, we don't leave each other out there to, to fight the battles alone. It's constantly checking in to see how the fight's going. And the final piece of that is discipleship, which is where we are talking about the light being on the hill and going out and lighting up the darkness within the town, right? Bringing your experience in that struggle, that stronghold into the light because things are exposed to light, darkness can't exist. And it allows other people to, to bring glory to God when they see your, your ability to overcome that darkness. So self-realization, repentance, discipline, accountability, sight. It's, it's easy to write it down. It's hard in practice. Because people don't want to admit, self-realization is, is one of the hardest things to do right off the bat, right? Because people don't want to admit they got a problem. No, no. You know, I think it's harder to admit that we got a problem if we are Christians. Because, you know, we do, especially if you're involved with your church, you know, it's like, oh, I'm on the praise team or on the worship band or I work with the kids or I teach a Sunday school class. So I can't admit that I've got this problem because then what happens to all that, all that is like people are going to suddenly start looking down on me. We, we worry too much of what the people within the church are going to think rather than worry about what God thinks or G, or God wants and what Jesus, where he's leading us. And how much of that worry is actually founded worry? I mean, in, in all honesty, right? There is God's talking straight from a Christian perspective. There's a lot of judgment in the church. Because we like to say, well, the sin that we can see is bad. But as the Bible says, instead of worrying about the splinter in somebody else's eye, we probably ought to worry about the two by four in our own eye, right? We need to, to, to not be judgmental as Christians. Because when we're judgmental, that, help, that hurts that self-realization. Right? That, that hurts that ability to say that I've got a problem. And it also hurts the accountability. It hurts the discipline hurts the, the discipleship portion because nobody I mean, wants to talk it, about it. It hurts everything. You know, there's a reason why the American church is dying and it's because of that judgment. You know, we could get on a whole different podcast and like, you know, just off that blanket statement right there. 
So uh, I'm not going to go too far into it, but when, when we judge each other, we're, we're driving those that need help out. You know, if I've got a problem with pornography and I'm seeking help at the church and I'm just feeling judged, I'm going to just shut up and pretend it doesn't exist. And, and speaking from, from personal experience, um, pornography is the hardest sin to talk about. I really feel like pornography is the hardest sin to talk about because it's taboo, right? Because yeah. we don't want to, we don't want to allow people into our sex lives, obviously for you know, many, many reasons. And I, I think there's also other things within our sex lives that are easier to talk about than pornography. Like, I think it'd almost be easier if you were to, if I were to cheat on my wife to be able to come into the church and talk to my pastor about that, than come in and talk to my pastor and say, "Hey, I've got a an addiction with watching pornography." Because at least, like you know, if there's an actual physical person there, you know, it seems different than saying, "Hey, I'm hooked on a computer." And how easy is it to to, to when you repent for your sin, say, "Oh, Father, I've lied. Father, I've, I've." Uh, I've, I've used my finances for things that I should, or I haven't, I haven't followed all of your commandments or, um, I'm struggling with, uh, reading the word, you know, or whatever the case is, but how hard is it to actually go to God and be like, all right, well, I'm also struggling with sexual sin. I'm struggling with lust. I'm struggling with pornography. Pornography is a big issue. People don't freely talk about this stuff because it's, it's got that taboo factor to it. And that is the biggest issue that we have is that it's a problem that scopes across the congregation, scopes across the church, it scopes across culture and the entire country and the world. And it is one of, if not the biggest wide sweep problems that we have, but nobody wants to talk about it. Yeah. I mean, and here's the thing with talking about it, you know, we, we need to, uh, I'm trying to, I lost my words here, which you're going to find out as we do these podcasts that it happens a lot, but we need to essentially just get past the taboo of the subject. Um, we got to realize that it doesn't matter what the subject is. It's all, as long as we seek the forgiveness from Jesus Christ, it's all covered by that grace and mercy that, that he gave us at that cross you know, and I don't think you're going to really find anybody out there who would say that watching pornography is worthy of a death sentence. You, you wouldn't say it's worthy of a death sentence, would you? No, no. But yet we have somebody who's on the cross next to Jesus who's given a death sentence for, we don't know what else, what it was, but it was a crime worthy of a death sentence. And Jesus said, today you will enter into my kingdom. You'll enter into paradise with me. Yeah. I mean, so if there's this crime that was worthy of death and Jesus still says, hey, you're coming into heaven with me, man. Porn, it's a big problem, but it's not a big deal if that makes sense. Yeah, it, it absolutely makes sense. And th- this is this is the problem within the church. Um, and we're all guilty. of We rank sin, right? Pornography is one of those like, on a pedestal since, right? You, if you watch pornography, that is an up here, top of the pyramid pedestal sin, like homosexuality, right? That's, that's what, that's what we scream in the church, us, but go get out of the church. We don't want you here. Right. But the truth is that, um, lusting after a woman, 
just walking down the street is just as bad as watching pornography, which is just as bad as homosexuality, which is just as bad as lying, which is just as bad as disobeying your parents. Which is just as bad as a man and woman sleeping together who aren't married. Amen. So <laughs> we've got to we've got to drop these stigmas around sin and address it for what it is, whether it is a sexual sin, whether it is lusting after money we've talked about, whether it's lusting after power, whether it's chasing after things that are not, that just don't bring glory to God. Doing things that you know are wrong is sin. And at the end of the day, that is all darkness. And that is darkness that we have to bring to the light to get through the sanctification process that we're supposed to go through as Christians. So, and, and let's let's start diving into this even more. Let's go down that list again that you had. We've already gone through with the, the, first, the first one. Yeah, so uh, self-realization, repentance, which obviously repentance is bringing it to God. That it, unfortunately, um, most of the, most of the way that we view dealing with uh, pornography starts at self-realization and stops at repentance. And we don't go any farther than that. And that's the reason why we're not bringing lasting change within the church. That's the reason why we're not bringing lasting change on this topic is because we go self-realization, we go repentance, and then you're cured, you're fine, good luck. Thank you for playing. Have a nice day. That's not how it works. No, no, we fail to develop uh, relationships within the church with each other to hold each other accountable, uh, to lift each other up, and to make sure that we're not falling back into that trap. And unfortunately, the reason why there's only 7% of churches have a program following pornography that helps Christians overcome pornography is because most churches or most Christian organizations or whoever it is that is going to try to help you through pornography, most of it starts and stops right there. So after that self-realization and repentance comes the hard part. Self-realization and repentance is the easy part. That's the reason why we talk about it. So then comes the discipline to actually live out the faith, to do the things that the Bible says you're supposed to do. Then comes the accountability portion of the thing. Finding that community of guys around or gals, if these ladies are talking. And I would never, ever, ever suggest that, um, especially on this issue of pornography, that if you're a man, you reach out to a woman. With this issue, if you're a man, you know, this is definitely something where you've got to find a fellow brother in Christ. Because if it's an issue, then you're talking to another woman who's got that same issue. Again, statistics don't lie. There's a good chance you're going to fall into that trap. So, and then, of course, again, discipleship. Building disciples. Taking this issue to the light. Helping people come to the light on this issue. And helping attack this issue. And when we can successfully execute that in our own lives, self-realization, discipline, accountability, and discipleship, then hopefully we can take it out into the world and help others create self-realization, repentance, discipline, accountability, and discipleship. And then we can continue to build this program that organically grows where we can drive out that demand for pornography or the sex industry. And ultimately, by getting rid of the demand, get rid of Yeah, and uh, I, I just got to say that as we get, as we struggle with these issues, you know, it goes back to, you know, what I read in Psalms 119, we need to be making sure we're studying the Bible. So that way we've got, first off, I'm going to do another shameless plug. As we talked about back in the armor of God, 
the way we defend ourselves and the, the, the way that we go on the offense against issues like pornography is with the only offensive weapon that is in the armor of God, which is the sword of the spirit, which is the Bible. We need to make sure that we're studying that. We have that uh, memorized. So that way, when we are attacked, we can come back with that scripture. Yeah, and, and part of developing that discipline that it takes to keep exposing that darkness to light is by biblical teachings and biblical actual scripture. Getting into the word of God. Putting on the armor of God. Studying, studying, studying. You're going to find, um, if, if you're not someone who studies the Bible all the time, and, and I know that everyone goes through uh, cycles, Right, I mean, everybody gets to the point where you know they study real hard, and then they kind of slack fall off. And then they study hard, and then they come off. Yeah. Um, but I know in my own life, I found that when I study, I have a desire. To study. When I chase after God, and I chase after the character and nature of God, that I have the desire to chase after character. So when I expose myself to more light, I have less want or need for darkness. Right. Yeah, I mean, and, and and another way we keep things in the light is we check our prayer life. You know, we have a struggle with a certain sin. What do we do when that temptation starts coming? Do do we get down on our knees and bring it before God, or we do we contact a friend and say, "Hey, pray with me," or do we just go ahead and try to fight it on our own? You know, that's another key to beating this on a personal level is is prayer. Yeah, and so um, as we're kind of coming to the conclusion of this, uh, I, I hope, first off, I hope that this information has been uh, eye-opening, if nothing else. If, if, if you're someone who just uh, takes a hard, steadfast approach, you don't believe any of the studies or any of the statistics we've read, I hope that at least uh, this was eye-opening to the, the size of the pornography industry and why it is so dangerous. However... Yeah. And really quick, you know, there's there's things that we didn't touch on that we might touch on in the future, but you know, there's other things out there that we you don't think of being in the porn industry that you got to be on guard against. And you know, the big thing I'm talking about there is strip clubs. So as we're talking about pornography, don't think that these strip clubs or you know, Hooters or whatever the other restaurants are aren't included in this. You know, just keep that in mind as we move forward. My hope would be today that if nothing else, that you can start to have the conversations about what pornography looks like in your life. Now, if you're not, if you're not someone who, who's affected by pornography or lust, um, praise God, first off, because that you're, you're in the minority. Uh, but number two, I would say that, that this stuff matters to you too, because statistically speaking, your best friend probably is following or involved in pornography or there are many people in your life that are well, well, well if you're not statistically speaking probably your four closest friends are yeah yeah and there's a decent chance statistically speaking that your spouse may be involved partake um so this is not even if it's not something you directly partake in it's still a prominent issue now if you're a christian this is a huge issue because 68%, 68% of Christian men, seven of every 10, so seven of every 10 hands you shake at our Christian men in church are partaking in pornography. 
And if that isn't red flags being set off about the darkness that we allow to come into the most holy of places every Sunday, then, man, we've got to have a conversation. And, and you know, for everybody that's listening to this, I'm going to go ahead and I'm just going to give you a challenge. I'm going to lay it down out there because, you know, obviously if you're listening to this, you know, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm hoping some of you go to my church, but I'm hoping there's a bunch of you out there that don't. When you go to church on, you know, for your next men's meeting or your small group, get this topic brought out there. Start talking about it. Get it out of the dark. Yes, absolutely. Uh, it, it is something that we have to, we, we can't afford to keep sitting on the sidelines on this topic, right? We can't afford to keep just hanging out here because the problem is, is that uh, daily, there are 37 new pornographic videos. Daily, there's 2.5 billion emails that are going out with pornographic images. And the, the, the bigger problem is even over those, over those statistics, though, is that yearly, the people who have a positive view of pornography rises up. Right now, first exposure for pornography, average age is 11. And that number is going down. So th- this is a battle that we need to be fighting and getting stuff out of the dark because otherwise it's just going to be completely lost like in a few years. Yeah, and that's where I was going to is that those are statistics daily now. What are they going to look like five years? As technology expands, pornography is becoming increasingly easier to get your hands uh, Just basic apps that were meant for good are being turned into pornographic producing apps. Um, yeah, well, I mean, you can go to YouTube, which, you know, I don't know anybody out there whose kid even hasn't been on YouTube. You know, there, there's videos out there that are pornographic in nature. And unfortunately, if if we're not attacking this issue head on, this issue is going to overrun. As it, I mean, it, it, it is already overrun. But if we don't attack it head on, it's going to run us plumb off the road. Because what we are having is we're having a ultimate moral conscience change in society. There is an acceptance about pornography that is getting stronger day by day by day and month by month, year by year. And if we can't really start to bring the light into this area, it's going to get worse. It will not get better until we attack the need for the demand to clear out the supply. Nothing will change until we bring that light, the, the, the saving glorifying light of Jesus into the darkness, which is Satan's foothold in pornography. So I hope that, uh, I hope tonight, today has been informational. I hope that today has been insightful. Um, and I hope that if you are one of the 68% of men struggle with pornography in the church, that we can begin having this conversation about how to beat it. Um, before we close out in prayer, I do want to say that if you are someone who struggles with pornography, I want you to know that first off, we're praying for you. Uh, praise God that you're struggling with it, that you have accepted the fact that pornography is not a good thing, that there's nothing good that comes from pornography. Um, praise God that you realize that it is a struggle. Yes, yes. Uh, and we want to help. We, we, we actually want to help. Um, we have a Facebook page, Greatest Word Minute. Most of you that probably listen to our podcast, also uh, people on our Facebook page. 
reach out to us. There's not a, a, a member within our, our, our Courage Board Ministry leadership team that can't help or assist us, right? And when this podcast goes live, uh, we will post this five-step plan. And we'll probably be posting it pretty regularly because it's something that we need to to work not just in the pornography side, but across all across any strong state. Because ultimately, our goal is sanctification. Ultimately, our goal is to bring light into every area of darkness. We don't want to be a light that is stuck under a pot, underneath a shade. We want to be a light that goes out into the world and beats back the darkness that it's safe. So, um, if you are like us and you're willing to take up your cross on this issue, if you're willing to go to war with Satan on this issue, don't let another day go by. Don't don't allow yourself one more video of, of pornography or one more pornographic thing. Don't allow yourself to be tempted one more time by anything that is pornographic. If you fall into that trap, fall into that desire, reach out to someone, even us. Reach out to us. We'll be there. We'll help. That's what we want to do. That's what we're here for. Yeah, we're not here to to judge, you know, or say, oh, so you're one of the 68%. No, no. We're here to say, all right. So you're one of us. We're going to pray for it. We're going to, we're going to take this issue. We're going to, we're going to hit it. You know, we're not going to, we're not going to judge you for the same sin that the vast majority of Christian men are struggling with. So with that, let's go ahead and pray now. Father God, we, we come to you now and we understand that, look, there has been stronghold There's been, been areas of the flesh that we just keep holding. Darkness that we're allowing. Father God, today, at this moment, we're committing to bring a darkness we're committing to bring your saving light, the light by which you exist into that. Because we know your word says that where light exists, darkness. We know that it is your design for the light of your son to stomp out the darkness of sin. Father God, today we commit ourselves to fighting that darkness. Today we commit ourselves being the true warriors that you called us to be. We want this everlasting. We want it for ourselves. We want it for our families. We want it for the church. Father God, there is nothing, nothing in this world that means more to us than your glory. Please help us, Father, to allow that light into that darkness to where you can be glorified. Father, presence. We ask all these things in your son's precious, precious name. Amen. All right, guys. So uh, there you have it. There you got our podcast for the week. Uh, I hope you, you got something out of it. And again, I'm just going to reiterate, if you need help, you need prayer, uh, feel free to contact us. Uh, you can message us on our Facebook page. Again, it's Courageous Word Ministries. Just search us up in the Facebook uh, search bar. You'll be able to pull our page right up. Uh, thank you for joining us, and I hope you join us next week.